Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic podcast. My name is Daniel Conn. I'm delighted to be joined by Record Sports Michael Gannon. Mick, how are you? Not bad, mate. How's things? It's only two busy today. We managed to uh, managed to get rid of Parksy after last week. He was just out of order, you know. Just managed to shake him off. Is it a, is it a, a three match three match ban with one extra one for um, frivolous appeal? Is it <laughs> frivolous appeal? Aye. That's it. No, as you say, it's just the two of us today. But um, on the surface, it feels like quite a quiet week for Celtic. But I just mentioned there off air that there's always more than you think to talk about. You know, there's plenty going on in record sport about Celtic. Ah, they're, they're just uh, kind of keeping towards that, that finishing line now, aren't, aren't they? Um, obviously, we'll get the, the Scottish Cup semi-final um, next week, a week of Sunday, which is, I think, a lot of people are now thinking about that game at Hamden, and they're looking forward to that one. But there's a game, obviously, the weekend against Mullow to take care of, and sort of probably what need probably two wins to guarantee the, the title or the finishing line. I think mathematically, probably another point after that as well. Um, unless my master, I probably well, two wins would do it. Aye, that's um, right, aye, that's it. Aye. Uh, they don't, we don't know yet the top six split, do we? So we don't know who they'll face first weekend in May. Yeah, so it's a wee bit of a kind of holding pattern just now, isn't it? I mean, that's some hard work's been done, and I think, I think, I don't think there's any doubt now that Celtic will go on and win the title. I think they win uh, at Kilmarnock last weekend. It was a big one as well, just to kind of reinforce the, the victory they had against Rangers the previous week. Um, so now it's a case of, of, of just um, keeping the foot down and getting to the finishing line. Um, but it's like a strange kind of Pre, pre-party mode, isn't it, at Celtic just now? Uh, obviously, next week's when we take the big focus. What about, um, she just thought, you mentioned the Kelly game, I know we were a few days after it now, but what did you think of the O-tackle about Derek McInnes, you know, saying it should have been a red card? I, that would have been really harsh. I don't think it was quite saying it should be a red card, did he? I think what he's saying was that his man gets sent off for something similar. Aye, aye that's it, aye. But because he didn't think that was a red card, so I don't think he can argue that. That is one now. I think it's more a case of consistency. If you're sending one guy off for the same kind of challenge, why not another one? So I, I took his point. I think his point is more about consistency. Aye. And two wrongs don't make a right. The fact that they got the one, uh, the Vassell one wrong, doesn't mean they should get that one wrong as well. Aye. So I, I think I think that was a bit of a, a bit of a reach um, at that point. Um, I think Kelly, listen to their credit, I think if he tuned into the first half on Sunday, it could have been a serious pasting. I mean, it was... A pretty hefty winning as it was, but I think after half an hour, you're thinking this could be six, seven, eight, you know, nine nil in the season because Celtic were absolutely all over them. Kelly's uh, had, had completely heads had gone by that point. So fair play to them for, for digging in and, and, and halting, the, halting the bleeding. Um, it could have been it could have been a far worse day for them. I think they deserve a lot of credit for, for kind of hanging on. We we had the story in Record Sport Online on Monday that um, Chris Commons in the wake of that game said he fully expects Celtic under Ange Postacoglu to score 10 in one game. Which sounds a bit mad, but he scored 9 against Dundee United. Well, that, that was the headlines after after the Dundee United game. I think we thought at that point there might be, there could be a 10 coming up. It's hard to get that kind of thing, that kind of scoreline. These are, these are, are scores that happen once in a blue moon. Um, but, listen, who's to say they won't do it at some point? I don't, I wouldn't have thought a top flight team would get knocked for 10. But I never thought they'd get knocked for nine, but I've seen that this season already. So, yeah, who knows? On their day, listen, Celtic teams can't cope. They just, I mean, that first half blitz the weekend, um, come on, just did, did no way of coping. But it didn't, listen, it didn't help himself. Some of the defending was a bit ropey, no. um, which didn't help either. But when Celtic are in that kind of form and that kind of mood, 
you can, can see them rack up the goals. What didn't happen Sunday was we've seen in the past, they've scored early and got the game done by half time. Maybe there's a wee lull after half time, then a late push. But with guys like Jota not, not there, Abada out and all that stuff, a lot of the changes weren't quite the same change as usual, so it didn't have the same quite the same impact later on in the game. Um they have seen in some weeks. So that maybe saved Kamar as well from a, a real hefty, hefty pacing. In the, the wake of that as well, we've seen again we have the story in record sport today. Uh, Cameron Carter Vickers is apparently an injury doubt for obviously Motherwell at the weekend, but also the Rangers game the following week. Um, now, with no disrespect to Motherwell, but you'd imagine with Kobayashi and Starfelt, you know, they'll cope fine. But how big a blow would it be if it's not he's not fit for this semi final? Well, I think he will be. Um, I think the case with Carter Vickers, he's been managing a kind of injury um, throughout the season. And I think it's a slight problem. Um, that's been dogging him. The suggestion is from um, one of your colleagues that he, he might require some sort of surgery um, that he's putting off. I think he'll soldier on. I think he might play this weekend. I think he will play next weekend at Hamden. I think at that point, <coughs> excuse me, you might you might find that at that point the decision has to be made about if he does require surgery, then you might think it's time to do it because they want him back fit for the start of the next season mm-hmm. and firing for, for things like Europe. Um, so it becomes then do do it now or do they wait for a few weeks? Um, I, I don't know. I suspect they might try and go a little bit earlier if, if there is something required to, to be done. Um, but I, I would expect him to soldier on. Um, I can understand why he wouldn't risk him on the on the pitch at, at Kelly. I think, think that it does um, increase a bit of risk on certainly with players that are carrying little knocks at this time of the season. So yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be overly concerned about about it. Um, but I think he will in the short term he'll, he'll get in bear it in the long term they're probably to get something um, from something fixed for the for the future. Especially but, if, the, if the league's wrapped up. You know, you think it makes sense to get him in early? It, it, you would think so, wouldn't you? Um it depends. You must insert it could beat Rangers next week and there's a cup final to look forward to. I know any player no player would want to miss that one. Um, they need to get they need to get through that tie first of all, which is not not a given. Um and I don't think I, I, you can't just take for granted the cup final is going to be a throw either. I know it's Falkirk around Inverness and people are expecting it to be a, a bit of a, a one-sided affair no matter who wins this semi-final next week. But you can't. that's not how you can look at it. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a concern for Celtic, but I think he's, he's, he's put in so much this season to get the club to this far. Um, it might be an option to, to finish his season slightly earlier. Um, but given the way he's performed this year, he'll, he'll want to, maybe want to continue. So an interesting one to keep an eye on. Aye. He's been brilliant, absolutely brilliant. We might touch on uh, player of the year nominees a bit later on. I'm sure he'll he'll feature. But um, just on Carter Vickers, Jackie McNamara in record spoke today saying that he reckons he's the best Celtic defender since Bobo Baldy. I don't think he was comparing the two because they're very. I think they're very different players. Well, I think he was saying he's up there. I mean, and Jackie Jackie knows centre half better than anyone. I mean, the, the list of guys he played with. I mean, through the years. I mean, you look at going back. Uh, Reaper, Stubbs, mm-hmm. um, then you got Mialbe, Paul Haran, um, Stan Varga, Ramon Vega, um, these guys, I mean, Tam Boyd played centre half a lot of time as well. I mean, he's got a pretty pretty good list of, uh, of centre backs they played alongside. And I think you think he said Carter Vickers is right up there. I mean, we spoke about him, he said that he, he, thinks, he thinks that Carter Vickers is, is, you can talk about him in the same bracket as these guys. Which is, a, which is a pretty big compliment because that, that, that team at Celtic at that time was a team that was, was I mean, formidable, mm-hmm. not just in Scotland but also in Europe. Aye. 
Um, so it's, it's it's fine praise indeed, and I, I can understand where he's coming from because I think he has been he has been terrific this season, right, and last season as well. Um, he's been such a kind of important part of the Celtic squad. Um, it, it's a tough old job he's got because he's got to be he's a defender first and foremost, but he builds from the back. He's the one that starts a lot of these moves. But also, when he, look, he must look up at times and think, I'm him and Carlos Starfield are standing there solo. <laughs> um, and they've got, to, they've got to mind the fort, so, so to speak. Um, <clears throat> but he does it so well. Um, powerful in both boxes. Yeah, I think he's been I think he's been terrific. I mean, a lot of money for a centre-half uh, for something to spend. It was a £6 million plus. But it looks like should business because if, if anyone is interested in coming to look at him, it's going to cost serious money because yeah. he's 25 now. Built a tank, got all the tools, um, and he's really is a, a a major asset for Celtic. And in this day and age, where you know, particularly other leagues around Europe, it's it's all about your your size and strength and stuff. He's not the tallest, but no. as you say, he's absolutely solid and we yeah. him so well. No, you need to hit him a hammer to get past him. Yeah. Um, he is, he's he is, he's uh, he's completely solid. Um, he just, I think he's just been a, a a great signing for for Celtic. Really, hasn't he? Absolute bargain, yeah. I think. Uh, um, listen, that's, I, I don't think I don't think you can dismiss the, the influence of Carl Starfield as well. I think he's had a, a really good season. No. Um, I think he's still he, he's still got the kind of capacity to give fans a little bit of a flutter at times. <laughs> uh, maybe got that in his game, but listen, <laughs> you're going to get that. If he, if he didn't have that little moment in again, it would be a it would be a fifty million pounds and a half. Do you know what I mean? So you've got to take it off of this move sometimes. But I think he's been terrific. Um, I also like the look of um, Kobayashi when he came in. Uh, anytime he's played, I thought he's looked apart as well. No, no. Really good with the ball at his feet. Um, I, I think his first first game was against St Mirren um, early in the season. I think he had a bit of a kind of rude awakening uh, to Scottish football. I think he'd cut his mane right up against him. I mean, cut <laughs> is a tough customer to play against. I mean, there's a, um, I mean, there's a bull, there's a carry shot mission, a bull. When um, when Curtis is around, <laughs> um, and I think he got a bit. Of, I think he wobbled a bit for fifteen minutes against them. I think he thought, "Blame me, man. This is a whole new ball game." Plus, some men are some men are a classy outfit under Stephen Robinson. Yeah, but, uh, do you know what? Actually, it was really good for him to see that and to experience that because it was a case of right, young lad, plenty of ability, but here this is this is also part of this this country's makeup, and you you need to get the guts of this if you want to survive here. And to be honest with you, I thought I thought he looked good. Uh, I thought he was. I think he does look like a good long-term prospect. No, he's um, in good shape right now. You might see more about him if, if, if Carter Vickers does take a step back um, in the next few weeks. I think you will see him getting a chance, which I, I don't think is a concern really. Mm-hmm. Would you? This has just popped into my head now. I'm going off on a bit of a tangent, but you think of someone like Stephen Welsh, who's sort of maybe a wee bit out of the picture now. He was one that I think Andrew really liked. Or probably still does like, sorry, but I, I can't really see him getting into the team anytime soon. Yeah, it's been tough for him. Listen, I like I like Steve Moss as well. I think he's a, a good talent as well. Um, he's been unfortunate this year, not played as much as he'd like. Played a lot last year, played more last year, obviously, uh, and did really well. Um, I think he is a player that the manager likes. I mean, I think there's been interest from him a few times in the last couple of windows, and they've been told, no, forget it, that he's part of the plans. Um, Listen, it, we know how it works in football. I mean, players get injured and all that stuff, and it, it, you need to you need to have four centre halves. Uh, unfortunately, he seems to be the kind of fourth guy right now, um, which has kind of hampered him a little bit. Um, I'm to see how he goes in the summer. Listen, it, it helps the fact that he's a homegrown player and, and he's squad list for Europe. Not stuff. Need homegrown players as well, so that might 
helped me his favour in terms of long term. And he's still a young lad. For a certain half, he's, a, he's only a bear. So he's got plenty of time in his hands. And I think he will get opportunities at certain times. But it's been a tough old season from uh, this year. But um, yeah, I think he's somebody that the manager's always spoken really highly of him. Mm-hmm. It's been unfortunate that he's not really managed to kind of um, break this partnership. But listen, they two, they two have been so good. They've been brilliant, and, and it's been the bedrock of that. I mean, it, it means it, there is some chopping and changing in certain weeks. Since the new year, because it's one, one game a week, there's not been much chopping and changing. Right. So the opportunities have been less for a lot of players. And we've seen, listen, I've seen a lot of, a lot of players in that squad have struggled for the game, game time since the new year. Um, but again, you might see that later in the season. You might see that changing if things are looking up in terms of the title and the bag and all that stuff. Um, I, th- I think the last game, I could be wrong, but that Welsh started was the, the, the league fixture Celtic lost against St Mirren. I think it was. He definitely started that day. Yeah, he yeah. might be right. Might be um, right. Which is a long time ago, you know, for him. Yeah. I, 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 how do you get in there? You know, absolutely solid at the back. Aye, it's going to be very hard. It's very hard. But it could be an interesting summer, I guess, for them. Aye. Um, well, we've mentioned obviously the running. Uh, one thing that I thought was worth mentioning is that Celtic won their remaining six games. They'd finished on 109 points, which I'm chuckling because that's that's mad. If you won 34 out of 38 games, would be remarkable. But that would break Martin O'Neill's points record of 103. 36 out of 38. 36, sorry, you're right. Maths yeah. was never my strong point. Right, I know. It would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? Would be, I mean, it would be what an achievement. I think, but I think we're in danger in this country of kind of maybe blase with these kind of records. I mean, I mean, Celtic have only managed to break 100 points twice in the last 20 odd years, um, or ever, because obviously three points for a win. So it happened, Martin O'Neill managed it, Brendan Rodgers managed it. Um, so it's not, it's not a, a, a common occurrence. I mean, Celtic's points tally just now with the one in the league, I think half of the times in the nine in a row year. Yes, really? I think so, yeah. yeah. Huh? Um, so, I mean, it's, it's remarkable that the, the, the points record. I mean, obviously, Rangers managed it under Steven Gerrard that season. They, they went over 100 points. I think that's about it. It's not, it doesn't happen very often. Um, so, as in this, and people downplay it and they'll say that, oh, they're part of the league and all that stuff. And all. They'll kind of make allowances for it, but to be that consistent week in, week out over such a long period, when listen, it can happen. You can get red cards, you can get you get injuries, you can get freak bounces of the ball. It's it's difficult to get that level of consistency over the whole season. I mean, you look at Celtic this year. There has been games when they scored late, left it late to get to get uh, to get winners and all that stuff. And these are games that are points could go easily, and they have done throughout history. We've seen it many, many, many times. So I think once I think to get to 100 points alone is a great achievement. To get to 109, that that really is pretty historic, and it, it should be recognised as, as such. Um, and I say I don't I don't particularly go on with this. Um, all the standards poor this year and all that stuff. Um, listen, we know there's a gap between Celtic Rangers and the rest, um, and you could argue this season it's maybe wider than some other seasons. But listen, Celtic were in a division without Rangers for for four or five years, and never got never got to that total. No. Um, so, I mean, you can argue that as well. It was the league stronger back then. I mean, Hearts, Hibs, and Rangers out of the league at one point, and they never got to 100 points. Um, so, listen, this is a, it's a meritocracy, and I think it's certainly can get to that level. Listen, they, they need to wrap it up first of all, and then start thinking about the, the totals. But they get over 100 points plus 100, and even 105, 106, 109 points, and that's an outstanding achievement. I think it should be held. And beyond 100 goals now as well, I think it's 102 for the season, which, again, Incredible, and I'm, I'm going to stick my neck out, right? I think they'll get 109. 
because obviously Rangers pose the biggest challenge in the remaining fixtures. But I just can't, I just can't see them. Just the way that they're playing at the minute, they're just so much momentum. They're like a juggernaut. I can't see any team really stopping them. I can't, I take that point, but I also think if they get to the finishing line with three or four games to spare, I think that it's only natural they'll be missing. Having played at such an intense level all season, I think you might see just natural an actual drop off. It's just it's, it's purely. I mean, it's, it's they're like human beings in the day. Um, and I've seen it. I've seen it in the past. I think. I think there's campaigns when Celtic won leagues early. They have had a bit of a drop. I think under Martin Newell this season when they won it, but uh, a good distance and they, they dropped off at the end. In a couple of defeats. I think they had a long unbeaten run. I think they had a home record unbeaten run for about two years or something like that. Mm-hmm. They lost a couple, a couple late on after the title was done. So I, I, listen, you would fully understand if that was the case. You seen it under. I think under Brendan Rodgers. They were determined to break that record. I think that was one of these it, it, seven targets, which never told anyone what they were. <laughs> I, think, I think 100 points was one of them. Um, then the Invincible season was the other one. And I think even once they wrapped that title up, with I mean, miles to spare, they, they had that momentum because they were chasing records. So that might come into play once the title's wrapped up because um, it certainly drove on that, that um, Brendan Rodgers team because it wasn't until after the dust settled they did say, yeah, that was something they were they're using on a weekly basis to keep them firing. No. So you might see it. So I, I think I think it's still a huge ask. I think going to Ibrox, I think they'll have a point to prove. It could be. I mean, that could be potentially a league decider. Could be. It could be. It may be a dead rubber in terms of the title, but it'd be a huge game in terms of Rangers' um, um, kind of belief for next season uh, and try to put some kind of statement out as well and they, don't, they wouldn't want and obviously no, no away fans they, they they can't afford to be losing at home to Celtic even if the title's gone by that stage so I think that game is still going to be pretty fierce and obviously we'll get the one before that in the cup so there's a lot a lot that can still happen I think to get to that is, is a huge ask and it'd be amazing if they got there the um, the record obviously as we mentioned is 103 points but the one 106 is it not? It's not 103 Martin O'Neill's team got? Brendan Rodgers got 106, didn't he? Uh, do you know what? I'm glad you're here, Mick. Listen, you... this is just call me Stato. <laughs> um, so 106 is the record, but Martin O'Neill held the record of seven consecutive wins against Rangers, which no other Celtic manager's done. And I think, Andrew, if you, you know, if you realise that, he'll really want these records. He's a guy that's that's driven by the next goal. Um Seven wins against Rangers in a row is remarkable. It is. It is. It's, um, but again, I mean, what's it now? Four? It's four unbeaten, I think, because obviously the draw Ibrox. Yeah, so five, seven wins is a big ask. Uh, I'm going unbeaten all season is a big ask. Um, I tend to think they might, might be one, might go against them at some point. There's not been, I think, Celtic are a superior team squad the whole lot, but I still think that, that, that there's enough opportunity for, for a result for, for Rangers in these games. Mm-hmm. Um, I see the cup game next week. I think it's a real live one. Um, that's by no means a, a, a shoo-in for Celtic. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's again, they're about to go to get to that stage. Um, and I say I think this is the Rangers team that's, that I've said before. They're, they're, they're a decent Rangers team for all they've been getting pelters from their own support at times, um, and they're not happy being second. That's just understandable. They're still a pretty decent side, and a lot of seasons they've been winning the league by this point as well. Um, they could hit. They could hit high ninety points as well. I mean, that's 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 a big achievement. Um, just to kind of be a Celtic. 
This time last year they were in a European final, which you well, know. apparently a lot of these players are playing a European final a year ago. I mean, great results in Europe. Um, so no, it's it's that's it's tricky. But I take a point. I think I think Ange Postecoglou will be pretty determined. But I think he's, I think he thinks that way in every game. But no. um, but especially your, your nearest challengers, you want to kind of keep them keep them at arm's length the best possible by beating them all the time. No. Um, but listen, invariably in Scotland, you're going, the big games come. It's against your nearest rivals in this big derby. So the cup game again next week. But their fifth meeting of the season and another one to come. Um, and we'll see what that one means at the end of the season. But um, yeah, it's still it's really tough to, to get to get that kind of run. Elsewhere, um, the transfer season is almost upon us. Uh, not really, but you know, coming up. Um, and there was a story this week about Lee Labada being linked with Ajax. And I kind of thought the numbers mentioned were a wee bit modest, to be honest. I know he's not an automatic starter, but his record's remarkable for a, a player so young. I think the, the the fee mentioned was about 10 million euros. Do you yeah. know a big increase on what Celtic paid for him. But I don't know, I just think the current market, Celtic should be looking for a wee bit more. Yeah, to that point. Listen, it's not that stage yet. I don't think there's been any kind of uh, formal contact between the clubs or any kind of moves in terms of that. So the numbers... At the moment, are kind of we don't really know they're a bit fluid just now. So I'd imagine that 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 could increase if it does come to the point. Um, that's an interesting one. You're starting to see kind of grumblings about his future and these stories here and there. Um, it could be a, an interesting one. Outputs phenomenal. There's no denying he's. I mean, he's ter- numbers in terms of goals and assists. It's, it's absolutely remarkable. Right. Um, he's just got a great cutting edge about him, hasn't he? Um, they can have the games when he flits in and out and, and maybe not taking part of the game as much as, as others, but his, his, his end product is undeniable. Uh, uh, he's got 13 goals this season, and as I say, he's not an automatic starter. No, I mean, if you look, I think if you, I mean, if you look when he starts, for, I don't know what in front of me, but the kind of goals, goal, um, what do you call it? Goals to game ratio. Goals to game ratio and, and goal interactions, what you call it? I don't know. What you, oh, goal you goal contributions, I. Goal contributions. Sorry, that's like that's, I'm, I'm, I'm an old man. Remember, <laughs> um, I'm just trying to catch up with XGs and all that kind of stuff. But if you look at goal contributions in terms of, of, of goals and assists per minute, I mean, there's nobody going to beat them. Aye. Um, because it's it's from it's incredible. Um, so I'm not I'm no doubt, and he's young, he's still young, as well. So I've no doubt there will be people and in, clubs interested in him. Um, and I see the. the, the we're starting to see the, the, the talk, the, the grumblings about, about, about his future. So we've seen it with um, with Jackie Marcus. We saw it with Juranovic. When these grumblings start, it tends to kind of end up going one one way. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if there was some kind of movement in, in the summer. Um, but he's one I think Celtic would maybe hope to try and keep hold of for another year. I mean, he's a young guy with bags of potential. And I, like you say, I think he could maximise his, his value with another season doing the same again. Um, but it comes down to a lot of factors, doesn't it? Who wants to, to, to play his football? He's not played an awful lot uh, in terms of starts this this laterally part of the season. The young dog's injured just now, which curtails him. But it will be an interesting one because I think he's a, a top a top talent, and um, and he will command top bucks. Listen, ten million quid is not to be sniffed at. No, for, like, for like, I mean, what, what cost about three million pound? He's uh, still only twenty one as well. Still only young, international, Israel international. So yeah, I can I can understand. Why clubs would be interested in that? I would, if you're in that part of the board, you would be hoping that the fee would go up and up and up. But otherwise, I actually think you'd be hoping to stay for another year before you get that conversation. I agree. I definitely think he's a brilliant player. Um, elsewhere in transfer news, uh, I thought it was uh, interesting seeing Brighton start. Uh, I can't pronounce his first name. Is it Ka- 
Kaura. Kaura Matomo. I like you to it. <laughs> I'll go with that. Kaura Matomo, who's been arguably one of the best players in, in the Premier League this season. Um, absolutely brilliant for Brighton. Scored two or three spectacular goals. Uh, saying that he seriously considered joining Celtic in the summer over Brighton, but went ultimately for the English club. But I mean, that would have been that would have been some sign. It would have been. Um, but listen, Celtic got his teammate Zorio Atati, so he's not done too badly either. He's been all right. Eh? I don't think there will be many fans wondering, pining for what we might have been. Um, he has a special talent, right enough. He does look the part, doesn't he? No. Um, but it just shows that that market is is, is really um, really hot just now. Celtic approved, but I don't think they've done too badly out of the signings. Celtic really, um, but he would have been he would have been a cracker as well. The hit rate under Ange has been I don't want to jinx it, but it's been remarkable. It feels like I'm trying to actually think of a signing that's not really went well. There's not been many duds. I mean, um, Abdullah was one that didn't work, really work out, was it? No. Um, uh, yeah, Eddie Gucci didn't work out injuries uh, and all that stuff. But I mean, he signed about forty players, and probably you can move on one hand. Mention the guys that haven't really made much of an impact. Um, James, James McCarthy as well, but I. Yeah, I mean, James has done his job. He came in as a kind of experienced head, played a few games here and there. Not played much this season. Had a few injury issues, um, but again, it, it, the chance that, that was a low risk signing anyway, and he's, he's still there. Um, I mean, he's a guy available who they took on board. I mean, he's done his, he's done his duty as a kind of backup and all that stuff, and he's, he's a good character about having about the place. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't exactly say that. So I wouldn't say, say that's a real dud signing. I mean, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, so there's certainly not been many, and the ones that haven't really worked out have been kind of very low risk ones as well. They've been kind of little loans or free transfers. There's not been a, there's not been a kind of Raphael shape uh, six million quid wasted on a big dud. No. Thankfully. Um, I should say as well that we had the, the story in Record Sport yesterday that bookies have slashed odds on uh, the Just Stop Oil protesters from gate crashing next week's semi-final uh, between Celtic and Rangers at Hamden. Uh, now, obviously I hope it doesn't happen, but if it did happen after looking at the snooker the other night, I don't even know. It would just be carnage if that, if that, uh, if that went ahead. Oh, that's all we need. That's all we need in a, a derby semi-final at Hampton is, is that kind of chaos. Um, although I've I, I seen the, 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 a smoke bomb in the sugar table. How would they know if there's a smoke bomb going off at Hampton? They'd be plenty <laughs> anyway. That's true. Eh? They would really notice a bit, a bit more colour um, coming from the stands. So no, no, we could do it. Listen, there'll be enough interesting um, subplots going on and as well as the main event without any hassle from the, any protesters. Um, yeah, we could do without that, please. The final thing that I wanted to raise, Nick, was just that... Oh, well oiled. People feel well oiled, but not, not, not no oil. <laughs> That's very true. The, uh, the the last thing I wanted to mention was we're almost at that time of year where the PFA and the Scottish Writers Player of the Year's candidates are announced. I, am I just being a bit silly by saying it could all, all four could be Celtic players? No. No, I think I mean Celtic are the best team in the country, and it's only natural that they, they'll attract the, the interest for the Player of the Year stuff. Um, but I would say I think you could chuck in guys like Kevin Van Veen from yeah. Mullow, twenty-three goals for Mullow, a team that's been toiling for long periods, incredible return. He's been brilliant. Um, I think James Tavernier at Rangers, another hefty goal contribution this season. Um, but yeah, you're looking at. You're looking at four or five guys at Celtic who are really the, the front runners. 
Um, Kyle was the obvious, but then you've got um, obviously, I think Greg Taylor should be up there. Well, that's the thing. I, I mean, I've seen it before that you can split the vote sometimes. I think it's happened in previous campaigns. But you're looking at Kyogo on course. I mean, it was it 29 goals now he scored? Now target for 30 goals. Terrific season. Um, I think Hatati up to get injured again. Another one looked Rolls Royce this season. I think Callum McGregor's the best player in the country. No, that's true. Missed a chunk of the season through injury. Might, might go against that vote, but I think I think if you're voting for the best player in the country, I think it's Callum McGregor. Aye. Uh, as well, and I think you're right, Greg Taylor. I think has been such a key man for Celtic. He's been brilliant this season. Mm-hmm. Um, he deserves a mention. I don't think he would get it, but he deserves a mention in that in that, that bracket as well. Mm-hmm. So there's there's five right away. Um, yeah, I, mean, way, I also think I think Jota is also worth a mention. Um, a guy who's almost kind of took for granted that he's produced a good every week. Um, another one who's had a tremendous season, been a, a brilliant player for Celtic. I think. Should be in that conversation. So there's six. Without even thinking, I just. Who do you I mean, Alan Moyes. Alan Moyes, a good point. I mean, all right, he's a slow start, but from kind of September, October onwards, he's been best of the world since the World Cup, came back to the World Cup. Um, he's been, for a, for a three or four months, he's the best player in the country at one point. So, yeah, listen, there's there's plenty, plenty of guys to split the vote there. Um, I don't know who my vote's going on yet, to be honest with you, I'm not sure. I was, I was going to try and uh, get that out of you there, but... I, think, I don't even know if I think... Did I, have I voted already? I can't even remember. I, I, every, every year I vote, I forget who I voted for, because my mind changes so much. <laughs> well, whoever's nominated, I'm sure we'll have all of the latest news on it here at Record Sport. Uh, Mac, I think that brings us to the end. As, as always, it's, it's a pleasure talking to you. Right, when you get podca- podcaster of the year, I don't know who's... Oh, I didn't want to say it, but as long as Sutton's not nominated, that's fine. I'm no, not. Right. I think her, her job um, shoving Sutton with that one, I suppose. But, uh, <laughs> uh, no, Mike, as I say, it's a pleasure, and thanks very much for listening. We'll be back next week. Cheers.